Hello everybody, welcome back to Inside the 275 Loop. God, let me tell you, I was tired of hearing that song last year. I traveled to Memphis two weeks in a row, but now it's got a nice little tune to it now that it's, you know, 2020. and It should be walking in Nipper. You know, walking on Memphis or walk through in a hotel, whatever you want to call parking it. Parking lot. Well, hotel parking lot. I mean, hey, we did that against Ohio State, but anyway... Number seven, Cincinnati Bear. I'm Sean McMahon, joined by Alex Frank. Your number seven, Cincinnati Bearcats, now 5-0. and oh, Defeated the Memphis Tigers, now 3-2, 49-10. That does not come as a shock to me. However, I can't say the same for Alex. You know what? You Cincinnati. Know, you, you, know, you know what? There's this thing in life called being pleasantly surprised at things. Hey, I was pleasantly surprised on Sunday when the Bengals won. Okay, I will admit. Okay, yeah, well, we are our, our wrongness offsets. Yeah, okay, that, it offsets. That, that's fine. That's fine. So we're even for this. Yes, weekend. but anyway, now we're and, and also Sean, the ranking has changed this week. Yeah, that is right. Uh, Oklahoma State went down this past weekend to Texas, which is it's very weird. Texas, when you think about it. Gus Johnson there. Um, when you think about it, I mean, what was that three years ago that Texas was number six in the country and Oklahoma yeah. State was the unranked team and Texas went into Stillwater and got upset and was basically booted out of the college football playoff t- uh, conversation after that. And now it's sort of the opposite, except they still played in Stillwater. But it's, it's just kind of weird how it flipped. And now the Bearcats are number six in the country, at least in the AP and coaches poll, um, we are, of course, waiting for the college football playoff uh, committee to put out their rankings uh, whenever that happens. That will be sometime later this month. We'll find out when. Uh, but we'll talk about the game from this past weekend really quickly. Uh, let's just look at some quick team stats. Total yards, Cincinnati had 513. Notice how it's 5-1-3. It is really, I like that. I really like that. I, I, heard, I thought I heard you say something about that. I on the broadcast it, I on Saturday. It, yeah, I mentioned it at the end. I figured that was maybe the yards you were talking about, but I wasn't sure. But, I mean, 513 yards on the day for this offense on Memphis, not a bad day, especially when you hold them to 321. Uh, turnovers, both teams accounting for one. Cincinnati dominated possession time with 30 more, 34, almost 35 minutes, 34.50, and Memphis with 25 minutes and 10 seconds. Now, first downs. Cincinnati almost doubled the first down count of Memphis. Memphis had 15, Cincinnati had 28. That's, that sounds like a really good day for Cincinnati, it, just looking at those stats. And it was. But, I mean, what, first of all, Alex, just give me some of your general thoughts about this past weekend's performance from the Cats. Well, as Zach said, as Zach Freeze, our fellow staff member who called the game with us on, on Saturday, this was redemption. It was. Um, and Luke Fickle has said this season that he's not about statement games. This was a statement. This was a statement game. You lose to Memphis last year twice to end the regular season and in the championship game, and you find a way. And you, this year, you know, with all the um, uncertainty in the off season, and you know whether or not the season was going to be played, how it was going to be played, if certain games were going to get canceled, this game ends up happening, and. The Bearcats didn't just win. They kicked the crud out of Memphis. I mean, they kicked the bejeebas out of them. It, yeah. I mean, th- there's another word I want to say on here, but it, 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 I'm not going to, but it was a colossal beatdown by the Cincinnati Bearcats. 39 points was the margin of victory against this Memphis team, who, mind you, was 
averaging 38 points a game and over 540 yards a game. Mm -hmm. And you held them to 321, six rushing yards. Yeah. Six. Actually, it's five. Even better. Oh, was it five? I thought it was six. It ended up being five rushing yards that Memphis was held to. Five. Yeah, I remember Luke Fickle actually made a comment to Marcus Freeman after the uh, after the game had, um, or or like it wasn't after the game had ended. There were still about thirty seconds ticking away, um, but Memphis ran a run play and they actually went from negative yards to positive yards. And Luke Fickle made the comment to, to uh, defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. He goes, "Well, there goes your negative rushing yards stat." <laughs> Which is funny, but I mean, you know, some people might look at 320 yards like, oh, you still gave out 321 yards. Like, yeah, we did, but that was because Memphis had a lot of, like, long plays that ended up not accounting for points. And, you know, one of those plays did account for a touchdown um, that should not have happened, um, but it did either way. Um, overall, like you said, Alex, I mean, 39, 39 points. I mean, wow. I. I was expecting it to be pretty close to this final score, but I mean, maybe not 49 to 10. I mean, holy cow, you almost outscored them five times. I mean, that's insane. And here's the thing, too. You can talk about 321 yards still being a lot, but for college football, which has gone very spread offense heavy, and college football is dominated by offense, that's pretty good if you're holding a team at 321 yards, particularly a team like Memphis. Or like I said, you looked at we looked at the numbers going into that game and what they were averaging. This was a team two weeks ago that put up 50 points and 703 yards against UCF. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, they put up 41 points, not sure about the yardage total, in their win over Temple. And Temple is a team built like Cincinnati on physicality. Not at Cincinnati's level, but I mean, and, and look at the drive, Sean, too, for Memphis. First possession, three plays, nine yards, punt. Six plays, 10 yards, punt. Three plays, 10 yards, Punt. Three plays, nine yards. Punt. Three plays, no yards. Punt. Four plays, one yard. Punt. Three plays, nine yards. End of the game. Good God. This defense, I mean, who said it after the game? I think it was Darian Beavers who said it after the game, that they're greedy. They don't want to give up any yards. Yeah. They don't want to give up any yards. You know, you talk about, you know, you take what the defense gives you, and they'll give you those underneath routes and such. This defense isn't going to give you even that. No, a lot of Memphis fans uh, who, of course, raged on Twitter and Instagram and what have you. What? what for what, literally what? no reason. They were, they were you trying. You lost by 39. They were trying to claim that the refs had our side. Oh, no. Oh, no. Absolutely <laughs> Okay. Not. If the game Absolutely was close, not. maybe. Absolutely not. I mean, the refs had their side last year, let's be honest. Now, American Conference refs are probably some of the worst in the country, if we're just, if we're just being honest. Um, in both football and basketball. Yeah, well, yeah, you can say that again. But, um, I mean, yeah, just, it's, it, it's, it's like you said, Darian Beavers, I mean, they are a staunch defense, and they are hell-bent on making sure that the teams that they play, they just, they just dominate. And they do. They, I mean, you know, again, another great game was Army. That was the triple option. This was more of like an air raid offense from Memphis. And a lot of Memphis fans on, on, on social media were like, oh my god, what is going on with Brady White? It's like, it's not Brady White, man. It's our defense. It is just phenomenal. We have a solid secondary, unlike Memphis. We have a really good D-line, unlike Memphis. We just have, like like I said, I think last week or two weeks ago, that just Memphis just doesn't have the same defense that they had as last year. I mean, no. 
It's not as good. You told me, I think, what did you say? They gave up 700 yards to, who was that, UCF? UCF. It was 798. Yeah. 798. No, no good team. No good defense. Even against UCF. Gives up that many yards. And honestly, they were... That's, that's how I knew Memphis was going to score so little. And that we were going to score so much. And honestly, Memphis's defense, Memphis was lucky to win that game against UCF because they trailed. Oh my God, I don't know they, how they won that they game. They trailed the whole game, right? Oh, yeah. They, they trailed the whole game. It was like by the second quarter, people thought the game was over. I mean, they, they started shutting the off the game was over too. And Memphis was what? What? They had lost their previous 13 games to UCF. Yeah. But this game was, I mean, we talk about UC spending significant time on one particular opponent in the offseason, and in this case, it was Memphis. Yep. Because of the way the season ended last year. I mean, I, I, I don't think we took into account just how much that really angered this team. Yeah. And think about it, Sean. A lot of the a lot of starters on this year's team played in that game last year, played in both games last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to the same place, you go to the same venue twice, and you lose both games. And in the fashion in which you lost both those games, I know one was by 10 points, but the game was... There for the taking up until with like what three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean one of the game. I mean one of the games came down at the wire. I mean had Desmond Ritter completed a pass to Josiah Deguara near the yeah. end zone, but well, there was a holding on that play. Too. There was a holding on that play, so that didn't help. Again, the O line not very good last year. The O line this year though, not looking bad. Jake Renfro started at, and at you know center. Who else, and you know who else has not looked bad the previous two weeks? James Hudson, Desmond well, Ritter, the reigning, the two time reigning. American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. You said it, Sean. Desmond Ritter. Yeah, we'll look at his stats here. I mean, 21 of 26, 271 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception, and QBR of 93. I mean... And the one interception, I'm not really going to hold against him. I uh, mean, you're up 25. You're going to take a shot down the field. Could the ball have been thrown better? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to... I still think he has accuracy issues. Just watching the passes that he threw, I still think he underthrows the ball. I still think he throws it a little bit behind. I think he needs to work on his accuracy. I don't think it's just. I, I think it's a little bit behind and underthrown sometimes. But I also think it's a little overthrown. You saw Jayshon Jackson. He had to kind of like lay out to make that catch. If he had thrown that, maybe a, a tick. That was a heck of a catch. It, it was, yeah. And Alec Pierce too. Like, I mean, he had to go up and get it. You're seeing that he's still struggling a little bit with that deep ball accuracy. But at least the last two games, he has shown that you know he's he's doing okay and. Um, no longer is he a liability to this team. He is the reason why the Bearcats have won the previous two weeks. And you, you talk about, here's what Zach and I were talking about yesterday, Sean. The Bearcats came out, and they were, and they came out and said, all right, we're going to sling the ball around. Mm-hmm. And they did. They, they did. Be, they beat Memphis at their own game. Yeah, they did. They, they did. I think the passing game was great this, year, this time. I mean... I hope Desmond Ritter heard my criticism because, holy crap, he's responding. I mean, I, I I really don't know how to feel anymore. I mean, Ritter is looking really, really solid, and I'm I'm really happy that he heard the criticism and that he took it and ran with it. I mean, literally ran with it like 91 yards. But, I mean, really good for him in this game. I, I thought, I thought uh, Ben Bryant came in this game. It's interesting they don't have... Oh, you know what they do? He's, he just he just ran for five yards instead of pass. Um, yeah, I don't think he threw a pass because they no. just basically kept handing the ball off. Yeah, because why would you? Why would you throw the ball with? Why would you, you know, have the stanger? The stanger that's yeah. Jerome Ford. Yeah, well, yeah. Isn't look that, at him. Isn't that a good nickname? The stanger. Eh, we'll see. Ford? Maybe just the stang. My, the, the, 
Ooh. We'll let the team give him a nickname. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they come up with. But did, Well, did the team come up with the truck for Warren? You know, I don't know who came up for that. I, I, I want to say that was kind of like a thing from the media because you can truck people. Maybe was, it was a thing from I, the team. It was, was a fan thing. Coined, I was the one who coined it in an article that I wrote. Yeah, I mean, the truck no was a great me, nickname. No one, no one will give us credit because we're amateurs. The truck was a great nickname. Everyone loved it. It really was. Um, it's so simple, but yet it's so powerful at the same and, time. And you know, the things that you and, you and I were discussing a couple weeks ago about Jared Dokes versus Michael Warren, I definitely see your point and I understand. Because when I go back and I watch Michael Warren highlights, I'm like, wow. I didn't realize how much I missed Michael Warren until oh, yeah, just now. You, you want to talk about... Like the Ohio game? I, I, I look back on that and I was like, ooh, I forgot how... <laughs> I kind of oh, forgot. I want to go back now and watch that too because, and also, Sean, like last year against Houston, more on that coming up. You look at, there was a, we're up 21 17. Houston's kind of getting back into the game. Yeah, they, they did. Have, they very, they almost came back. But go yeah, ahead. I mean, Luke Fickle said it yesterday that Houston gave them everything they could, they had last year. Mm-hmm. That was a close game, and I expected it. I mean, you're coming off a win over UCF. You know, you hadn't played in over a week. Houston mm-hmm. was going to give you everything they had. Um, so there was a third down at like the 10 yard line. It was a 10 yard line. It was a third and seven. And Michael Warren was a receiver in this instance. Mm-hmm. Catches the ball about five. It was, a, it was like a screen pass out into the flat. Or it was a pass out into the flat. And Warren comes back inside and he bulldozes a defender to not only pick up the first down, but then race into the end zone for the touchdown. And that was so crucial because it put the Bearcats, instead of having to settle for a field goal, now then again, Luke Fickle probably, probably would have rolled the dice on fourth down. But it put the Bearcats up, back up by 11 in a game where Houston kept threatening to make it a one-score game. It's just their defense simply could not get a stop. So yeah, you do miss Michael Warren. But Jerome Ford, what a heck of a game he had on Saturday. And that was yeah. all, like what, in garbage time. I mean, he, he became the Bearcats' leading rusher in garbage time. Yeah, yeah, he really did. I mean, um... That that play where he busted free and then he ran for uh, I don't know how many yards that play was maybe close to forty. 50. It was 48, 49. 48 or forty nine. Oh, you thought okay because what it was? Well, hang on. I mean, I was gonna say just like it kind of reminds me of that run that. Uh, oh no, I just blanked on his name. Was it Shaq Washington? No, it was not Shaq Washington. I'm sorry. It was uh, who was our running back in 2015? Not Mike Boone. Um, Tion Green? No, not Tion. Oh, no. I blanked on his name. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I blanked on it. Whoever it was. Uh, could he, have been Tion Green. He, he, it wasn't Tion Green, though. But it wasn't Mike Boone. It wasn't Mike Boone because it was against Miami, not of Ohio. 48 yards. It was against Miami, Florida. Uh, and he ran like right up the gut, got stopped and by like two Miami defenders. And then just busted free and kept running the end zone. And I, I'm blanking on his well, name, and I don't know why, and I'm really out. frustrated. Can go back and look at that. Um, trying to see if I can. So, I mean, what else is there? What, what else is there to mention? I mean, it was a total balanced effort on offense. We talked about Ritter. Um, he had he had another solid day running the football too. So did Jared Dokes. Um, but just you can't say enough about this Bearcats defense, Sean. I mean, we talked about it. For so long, they've this season, they have given up five offensive touchdowns all season. Mm-hmm. Five, yeah, through it's five remarkable. games. That's one a game. And oh, by the way, the previous two weeks you have faced SMU and Memphis. Yeah, two high octane offenses. Here's, you hold them to a combined two touchdowns. Here's a really funny stat. 
We've given up more touchdowns to Austin P than any other team. Two. That's ridiculous. Isn't that weird? That is otherworldly. And that was on defense. The offense gave up the touchdown against Army. So really, the defense has only given up four touchdowns through five games. Not five. The team has given up five. But the defense has really only given up four. That's crazy. It's it, it, I mean, it literally is um, insane. Oh, um, are you thinking of Jose, Jose Williams? Jose Williams. Goodness Williams. gracious. Yes, that's who it was. See, I mean, look I, at him. He just... He just busts free here. Look, wasn't, he gets swallowed up right there by a Miami defender. He gets held back, but then he just escapes. Can and we then, hear a Joe Testor's call on that round? Would you like to hear it? Yes, yeah, I would like to hear let's, it. Let's, uh, let's go back so turn here. Turn that volume up, Sean. Let me, let me get this up here for right, there one you go. second. There right you there. Go. See if it works. First oh, that's not Joe Testor. Hang on a minute. That's uh, Haley Alton from that the is. American Digital Network. That Yeah, that would be the ACC. Let's uh, skip here to it. I'm sorry for the delay, everybody. This is a... Uh, all right, so here it is. Williams. As he was wrapped up at the line of scrimmage, he finds his way free. Jose Williams. How about that? He just kept chugging and plugging and running his way. Chugging and plugging God, look and at how, running. Look at how good that field looks. I mean, my God. I wish they, I wish they did. They, they should have done that. They should have done the red end zone on Saturday. Oh. Those uniforms were sick, by the way. Man, I can't wait till we have real football turf. Oh, my God. It's hey, going to be um, so nice. So, by the way, uh, this weekend we have a very prominent announcer calling the game. We do. Sean McDonough will be here, as well as Todd Blackledge. As well as Todd McShay. As well as Todd McShay, yeah. Good Lord. And Molly McGrath. Can't forget about her. Of course not. Yeah, I know you have a little crush on her or whatever. I have a crush on her. Yeah, we'll call it that. Anyway, <laughs> should we go into individual stats here? Yeah, okay. Um... Jerome Ford, 9 for 116 with a long of 48, two touchdowns. Jared Dokes, 18 for 77, no touchdowns, but a long of 19. Ritter, 10 for 41. Bryant, 1 for 5. And Montgomery, 2 for 5. Um, let's go back here. Let's go to receiving. Alec Pierce, of course, had the marvelous touchdown um, where he elevated over two defenders, basically. Caught the touchdown pass from Desmond Ritter. It was a 43-yard pass. He caught three passes for 61. I think a couple of those were actually for, I think maybe one of those was for first downs. Jay Sean Jackson, two for 50, had a great catch. That was 45 yards. Michael Young Jr. even played well, five for 43, had a touchdown. He's the Bearcats' leading receiver. He is. I mean, he's a, he's a great target, uh, no doubt. Josh Wiley, four for 36, long of 15. Trey Tucker, three for 34. Leonard Taylor, 1 for 25. Jordan Jones, 1 for 11. Mario Montgomery, 1 for 10. And Jared Dokes, 1 for Did you know that, that supposedly Josh Wiley, that was his first career start on Saturday? That was his first start? Yeah. Really? No, I First actually... career start, because Bruno did not play. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so we can talk about... You, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't know what that is, but keep going. I was going to say, you probably think it was that you. No, it was not me. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the defense. My J. Sanders, American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Week. You see him do the do the dance. That was epic. That was his, epic. That was pretty funny. That was, I mean, I, here's the thing. Saturday was a total savage afternoon by Cincinnati. You beat Memphis by 39. Memphis, Memphis fans on Twitter are, they're livid. Memphis fans in general are livid. Yeah, they, I, I listen, 
I get up for Memphis because of the competition on both football and men's basketball. Mm-hmm. And Especially I, basketball. And I, li- and I live in the glory of when we beat them. Yeah. Last year, Cincinnati and men's basketball beat a Memphis team, and should have beaten them twice, honestly. They beat a mm-hmm. team here in Cincinnati, in Memphis, that had the number nine player in the country and a whole bunch of other four- and five-star recruits. And they beat them. Yep. Yeah. On national TV, no less. God, who was that number 11 kid that... Lester Quinones? God, he... Oh, my God, he made me so angry. Well, because of all the threes oh. he made? Oh, well, I mean, partially, but also because he kept shushing the crowd, and it just made me want to... Or he, or he strummed that fake... Uh, the imaginary guitar when he made the three. Oh, my God, that... Yeah, And he had that, that. Um, that weird ponytail thing on, on the side of his forehead. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which maybe, you know, has something to do with culture and whatnot, so I can't really um, get on him for that, but still. Yeah, looking at the defense, though, MyJ Sanders led the way with six tackles, um, five solo. Drell White still, of course, putting up pretty good numbers and five tackles. Joel DeBlanco, five. We won by 39, and Drell White only put up five tackles. Just going to say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I could go on this whole list, but, I mean, look at this. But that's because the defensive line was doing all the work for them. How many times did you see... You know, even Wilson Huber had a sack. And you're seeing yeah. what the defensive line was able to do, Shums. They were able to just completely obliterate Memphis's backfield running the football. Yeah, Memphis's offensive line, which is actually a very good offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's a veteran one, too, I think. We just have a better defensive line. Well, that's for darn sure. And by the way, this was talked about. Um, Jim Kelly brought this up on the Luke Fickle radio show last night. One of the great additions to the coaching staff. Uh, Greg Scruggs on the defensive line. You want to talk about um, replacing Chad Will and what he was able to do. He came from Army. He did. And now look at what Greg Scruggs has done with this unit. Oh, I mean, he was a defensive end for the Seahawks in 2013. Won a Super Bowl with them. You have... He's a great guy, by the way. How many first-team all-conference players do you have on this defensive line? God, I mean, Jabari Taylor, uh, Marcus Brown. We don't even mention him. Sanders and Ponder, obviously. Malik Van. I mean, holy crap. I mean, that's a, that's like at least five or six guys that like are going to be second or first team American. You're going to see at least three players on first team all-conference. Oh, yeah. As, I mean, yeah. On defense? Jarrell White. Yeah. Elijah Ponder. Sauce. I forgot about Ahmad Garner. Myjay Sanders. Derek Forrest. Kobe Bryant. Arquan Bush, potentially. There could be seven guys from the defense First team all conference. Not Kobe. <laughs> I hate to tell you guys, it's not going to be Kobe. Okay, so six. Yeah, I don't think Kobe. Which is still a pretty well, damn give, impressive. Give it to, give it to, um, give it to uh, Derek Forrest. Is he? I mean, what are his numbers? Of this year? I, I feel like to me, Derek Forrest. We haven't talked about him a lot this year. What do you mean? I mean, I feel like I mean he was all we've been talking about is Jarrell White. Where is Derek Forrest? I'm trying to find him on here. I don't see him. You see him? Don't forget, he did. List? He was injured. A little, he was injured for a time in this game. I, I'm not seeing him. I don't see him on the defensive list. That's, That's odd. Did he not have a tackle? Uh, I suppose not. Oh, don't forget Javon Hicks too. I mean, well, he'll, again, he won't be first team then American. Again, how, then again, the secondary didn't have to do much. Ethan Tucky. Although then again, Ethan James Tucky. Wiggins did have a strip sack on Saturday. That is true. James so. Wiggins. I mean, God, Javon Hicks. The list just keeps going, man. Jeez. I mean, really, the defense is stacked as it can be. I mean, you really couldn't have a more stacked defense. Even in the backups, I mean, it's stacked. I it's it, it, it's otherworldly. It's ridiculous. It seriously is. I mean, 
My God. I mean, of course, Jimmy's doing a great job. By the way, we did get another Aussie to join the team. He'll be here in, I think, next year, actually. I think next season. if When Jimmy graduates this year, I think we'll have another Aussie come in and replace Jimmy. So that's By the way, good. James Smith accrues 105 punting yards on Saturday. He will be the all-time leader in punting yards in UC history. Really? So I'm guessing he'll be Kevin Huber, if I had to guess. Uh, you are wrong. It's not Kevin Huber. It's it, not. It is... Interesting. Oh, I will have to pull it up, but I know it's not Kevin Huber. I would have, man, I would have bet money on Kevin Huber, if I'm being honest with you. That's kind of shocking to me. Cause, I'm I mean, trying to remember who it is, and I, it's not Huber, though. I'm going to say, we can just look it up here. I'll have to check into them. It's in the media guide. I'll see if I can find it, but keep talking. So, where, where were we even? We were talking about first, first potential first team all-conference I think you. I mean, James Smith should make it as the punter if they if they give those to punters, which I think they would. Desmond Ritter potentially could make maybe a third team or a second team because I mean he has been playing much better as of late. Now the problem is there's still some really good quarterbacks in this conference. What do you look is, at? The, hold on, this is well. This is since 2000. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if this, this is really a truly accurate list, but Chet Chet or Chet Irvin. That's who it is, Chet Irvin. Chet Irvin. Dope name, by the but way. But you just scroll down to number... To look at this. Brendan Kay, Gunnar Keel, and Hayden Moore, and Zach Caleros, and Tony Pike are all on this list. Which is weird as heck. I don't know if I trust that list, then. I don't know that I do, either. I mean, this again, this says since 2000. I don't know what list this is. It's Really well, it's on weird. sport reference, so I guess it is. I guess it does have some value to it. I suppose it does. Um, but either way, Jimmy will be firmly on that list, definitely by this weekend, uh, if not in the next. Not if weeks. we just score like eight touchdowns. Yeah, like, I guess it depends on how much. We by the way, punt. by the way, I, I looked at this yesterday. We've only attempted two field goals all season. Two. Oh my god. Yeah, because we didn't have any this past weekend. We only scored touchdowns. We have 28 touchdowns scored to, to one field goal this season. Oh, my Lord. Man, if you would have told me those numbers like two years ago, I'd have been like, holy cow. And here's, and here's the thing about that. It's the fact that the Bearcats have been so efficient while being so dominant, mm-hmm. particularly, particularly the previous two weeks. If this team is going to be considered for the college football playoff, they not only have to win every marquee game on the schedule. they got to dominate every game. Exactly. But they've done it the last two weeks. They have. I mean, that's not to say that there won't be tests. I mean, Houston this weekend could potentially be a test. Don't let I, them Don't let them fool you. I mean, no. we, you and I have talked about, really, for this year, every game is a trap game for us because everyone's coming for blood. I mean, yeah. they are. They, they don't want us to get into the playoff. I mean, they do. They, they would probably love to see an American team in the playoff. But at the same time, they want to say we're the ones who beat Cincinnati in 2020. We want to. They want to be that team. You know, it was the same. It was the same for Houston in 16. Everybody wanted to beat Houston, but no one yeah. could. And it was then it was UCF, but now it's the Bearcats. And you know, Luke Fickle said something interesting yesterday. Chad Brendel asked him, "So is this where you envisioned your long-term plan and the program being in this position back when you first became head coach?" And he said. You know, well, we haven't won a championship yet. They, I mean, for all the great things that have happened to this Bearcats program, particularly this year, and how far they've come and where they are now on a mm-hmm. national level, they still have not won a conference championship. No, they haven't. I mean, that is still a very 
significant goal that is yet to be accomplished by this program yeah. under Luke Fickle. And this is his, I mean, this is his fourth season um, here in Cincy. And I mean, we are very much on track to win the conference, but you got to let time do its thing and you got to let this team do its thing. You can't solidify them just yet. You cannot solidify them just yet. I mean, it's not over till the fat lady sings, as they like to say. We will know when they are the champions. Please, for the love of God, don't be cocky and say that the Bearcats are going to win this year because I feel like the moment we do, it's gonna it's gonna hit like fit's gonna hit the shan. For There's lack of still a, a long way to go this season. They're there halfway is. through, but they, I mean, Houston's a very good team, like you said. They lead the conference in sacks. They will pressure you. Um, I mean, they're two and two. Luke they're not horrible. No, Luke Fickles talked about their receiving core being one of the you know better ones in the conference that they went up against last year. I don't doubt that. When you watch them play and you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. um, Clayton Toon is a solid quarterback. He can let it rip. Um, uh, he's, he actually played pretty well. Last year, he was 9 for 27, I believe, against us, against the Bearcats. But that's also because we had four interceptions. Yeah. Including that mammoth pick six at the end of the game. You had that really cool pick by Kobe Bryant in the in the end zone where you like kind of faded backwards and caught it. That was pretty cool. I I remember vaguely that. remember that. It would have been the uh, end zone to the right of the press box, far side. It was the opposite of the side I was filming on. I don't remember that. I, I remember it. See, we were um, that was the weekend that Zach, Ethan, and Elliot and I were in Baltimore and Philly for basketball media days. So mm. we missed the first half of the game. Which was where um, the Bear, how many points did the Bearcats won in the first half? 21, and then 17. Uh, offensively, it was a very solid day for Cincinnati. Defensively, they were tested a little bit. But again, they made plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year, playing at home, despite Houston and the troubles they, that they can present, Cincinnati, I think, is by far and away the better team. Oh, I, I would agree. I mean, but you know, again, you got to be careful. Um, I don't want. I don't like being cocky. I do think we will win this weekend. Um, but you know, always going to every. I mean, even this past weekend against Memphis, for a while, Memphis was still kind of hanging in there. I thought, it, it really didn't start going away until the fourth quarter when we were like, "All right, this game's been put away." I thought at the in, in the start of the second half when Memphis was down twenty one ten, they're driving downfield. You're thinking, "Oh my God, they're gonna get right back in this thing," and then mm-hmm. they missed that fourth down. And then the possession where uh, the third and three back shoulder throw to Jordan Jones, or who was it, J- Jaden Thompson, Jordan Jones, keeps the drive going. And then the big play to Jay Sean Jackson, followed by the touchdown run by Ritter. That flipped the game right back over to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think this Saturday against Houston, look, Houston, like I said, they might present some troubles. But in the end, the Bearcats are, are far and away the better team. They'll show it. Give me Cincinnati 38-14. 38-14? Okay, I actually like that score. I'm going to go Cincinnati 46, Houston 16. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I mean, and... the spread here is 13.5 in favor of Cincinnati. The money line is actually 600 for What's Cincinnati. the over-under? 55, again, for like the third week in a row. Man. That's weird. Well, technically, what, it was fifty-five and a half. What is it week. with fifty-five at Cincinnati? Is is is, is Vontes perfect saying these over/unders? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they must like James Hudson or something. Logan Wilson. Yeah. Hey, there yeah, you go. Who knows? Or um uh uh, uh Mason Madsen, the newcomer oh, for yeah. Yeah, Bearcats basketball is starting to get really exciting. Uh, and by the way, this schedule. weekend, this weekend, the Bearcats are favored to win by seventy-seven percent, um, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. But well. 
Anywho, um, uh, Jinx. Uh, I was gonna say something. I just forgot it. Uh, oh yes, uh, you and I have the call this week of the game. We will have the call this week as well as on the game got moved. This was something that a lot of Cincinnati fans, frankly, I don't think anybody saw this coming. It moved from originally it was on what ESPN two. ESPN. So originally it was on ESPN. Yeah. And then it got bumped to the ABC game at 3.30. How about that? I mean, you're, we're playing on ABC at 3.30. Yeah, that, 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 that does not happen very often no. for Cincinnati. And Sean McDonough coming here, I mean, we all know the significance that he has for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows the last time he called a Cincinnati football game? I can't remember. Or even in Cincinnati, let alone a Cincinnati football game. Well, if you want to talk about being in Cincinnati for something, he was Let's here the when the Bengals around. played the Steelers on Monday Night Football in 2017. Well, for the Bearcats, though. Oh, well, that I don't know. That, that's something that would be interesting to look into, frankly. But, if, yeah, if you're going to watch the game on TV, I mean, it'll be great commentary from, the the, from that team. Um, it'll be a great commentary from that team over on ABC at 3.30. I mean... He was the one ABC. Who, like he, the, the last time I remember, we were on ABC. At least again that I remember was UCF 2018. That was the last time I remember us. We being, were on ABC when we played Ohio State in Memphis. Were we? Okay, that's right. Both times against Memphis, we were on ABC. Okay, then I take it back. Um, at least off the top of my head, the last time I remembered was was the UCF game. Uh, that was the prime time game, obviously. Yeah. Um, college football on the, college football on ABC is just. It's it's a really, it's something else. It's a great product, is what it is. Like I love the SEC on CBS. I mean, how can you not? The Iron Bowl on CBS, probably one of the most exciting think, games to and watch. Think that, and they think that that deal is going to be going away soon. Oh, I'm really mad about that. I really am. I I because frankly, SEC football and CBS they just go hand in hand. You hear the CBS theme and you go, oh, it's an SEC yeah. game. I, right? I, I, absolutely, I can totally agree with that. But now, it, I mean, it's going to switch, basically. On ESPN, it, it's, it's going to be the SEC. And then on CBS... I don't have a problem with that as much as you might think. I do. Because, like, whenever College Game Day goes to a marquee SEC game, they don't even have... They don't even get to televise the game because CBS has a deal with the SEC. Right. I mean, I don't know. I just... I, I guess it's just it's just been CBS... You know what I mean? It's CBS is the channel that broadcasts the Iron Bowl. They are the channel that broadcasts the SEC game of the week. That's just that's yeah. just CBS. You, again, you hear the theme song, you go, "I'm watching an Alabama game or a Texas A&M game or a Florida game." That or, is true. That you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's just the thoughts. That's just like the tradition. Like I mean, God, I don't know how far back it even goes. Well, this is not a year of tradition, though. All right, yeah. That's All right. So with well, that, but that's not. When is that? When is that deal actually going to be put in place? I don't remember exactly, but I feel like it's coming up. It's got to be soon. At least 2024, maybe. Those deals are so lucrative. I yeah, mean, well, yeah. I mean, they they're for a lot of years and for a lot of money. Yeah, that yeah, for sure. I mean, the conference realignments that are going to be happening in the next five, six, seven years are going to be whack. I mean, Cincinnati either is going to stay in the American, join a new version of the American, or join a Power Five conference. I mean, that's kind of given. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't think the American conference will really actually make it after these TV deals are up. I don't know why. I just have a feeling it won't be the American Athletic Conference. And I, I don't think it'll be the same team. Here's my question. With the success that UC is having, and this is now their third game on ESPN or ABC this season, 
Is that cause for the American to have a better television deal than what they have already? Uh, I mean, would you have said the same thing about UCF in 2017? Do you think? Well, that is a good point. Or Houston in 2016, for that matter. They did get some games. I mean, well, the Louisville game I was I think was the AB, it was an ABC game. I think it Houston was. Louisville was an ABC game. It was either, either that or it was an ESPN game. But I just, I just think. Yeah, now now that you ask me that, it's like, did I think that in 2017 with UCF? And I guess because I'm not affiliated with their with their football program, I didn't. But now I am thinking about it. Right. I think the conference is very competitive. I mean, I do. I mean, even ECU, they almost just beat Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I think if Cincinnati is going to form a new conference with some of these teams from the American, I think this is just my opinion. I know Houston's been down in the last few years. But I'm taking Houston, and I'm taking Memphis with me. I'm taking at least those two. Maybe UCF, maybe USF. What? USF? Well, well because we were in the Big East with USF. So what? Were they good then? I mean, yeah. Well, they had the one year. They had 2007. But even then, they weren't very good. Yeah, well. I don't know. Maybe not UCF, no, I bring, maybe not I, USF. I bring back West Virginia and Louisville. That too. Uh, well, I mean, we'll have to see because then where's the money incentive for them? You know, the, if anything, they're going to lose money. TV deals. I mean, it's, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Let's, let's just let's just create another Big East conference for football. Let's just, let's just let's just bring back the whole Big East. I wouldn't hate it because then you really have a Power Six conference there. I mean, you did ten years ago. I mean, oh, goodness. sorry. Um, I mean, now Big it's East. now it's the the best group of five team. But back then, it was the Big East team. Whoever won the Big East was going to a New Year's Six Bowl. For example, was I mean, but they UConn. Also, but they also had a, a better chance of going to like you know the national championship. That too, because like, there if, were better teams. You had Big East. If the Big East was a if the Big East existed today with the college football playoff, they would have a chance of getting in. Oh no! I mean, no doubt. I mean, because you had Pitt, Louisville, Cincinnati. Syracuse, West Virginia. I mean, the Big East was a really good conference. It was, it was. a really good conference. And it didn't get the credit that it deserved in football. I don't. Yeah, I mean, basketball. It was. Oh, well, man, you did not. I mean, even today, you still best don't conference mess. to ever exist. Yeah, I mean, you do not mess with the Big East in basketball today. I mean, they got some great, great teams in the in the Big East. But do you want to talk about basketball a little bit? I mean, we got um, plenty of time. There's not much to talk about when it comes to basketball. I mean, last week were media days, and we got the um, results. That actually, did we talk about basketball last week? I don't believe we did. Okay, so the Bearcats were picked to finish fourth in the American this year, behind Houston. What are the other two teams? I'm blanking now. Probably Memphis. Memphis, I believe, was up there. And I doubt it was UCF. Who's another might, basketball? Might, it might have been USF. But even that really? but even that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't, yeah. SMU? No. No. Actually, yes, it was SMU. Oh, was it? I think. Really? I, I should not be just... Maybe it would be SMU. I'm not, guessing, I don't know. I, sh- I shouldn't be guessing random... But I know Houston and Memphis were, bef- were, were before us, which is interesting because I think we were picked to finish around the same last year. I, maybe we were picked second. We were, we were picked to finish... Um, third, because Memphis and Houston are picked to finish in a tie. Interesting. So the standings, yeah, Houston won, Memphis two, SMU three, and then we're fourth. USF, Tulsa, Wichita State, UCF, ECU, Temple, and Tulane rounding out the top 
rounding out the conference. I think this year is going to be fun. I, really I, have, I have never been this excited for basketball season to start. And I certainly hope that they allow at least a limited number of fans. I think they're working on that right now. They are, yes. Um, um, there was an error announced, there was an erroneous announcement yesterday that, that mm-hmm. from John Cunningham saying that they were not going to have fans. But now they're looking into possibilities of having limited fans. Uh, some of the regulations that are going to come with that, though, no season tickets. It will be all game by game. Um, it will be limited attendance um, if the plan moves forward, of course. It will not be full attendance. Um, I'm sh- I am very certain participants will have to wear masks at all times. Um, oh, especially indoors? Oh, especially in an indoor. Yeah, I mean... They probably won't have anybody super close to the court either. I can't imagine they're going to have anybody in that first few rows just no, at all. They'll probably block that off. I, I, I think the lower bowl could have some fans, but I think it'll be like the first five rows are going to be empty because they don't want them being that close. Even if it's you know the fifth row, they're like, you need to back up a little bit. Just, just... Just to be safe, and you do feel bad for the players. That, I mean, they're they're not going to have you know a normal atmosphere in the arena. I mean, because when fifth third arena is packed, that's a great atmosphere. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel bad for the seniors too. I mean, you got to go out on this note. I mean, it's it's uh, at least a, they it's have at least year of eligibility. I know they do, but it's at least better than the note that Jaron and Javen uh, and God, who else was a senior last year? Was it? Chris McNeil, Chris McNeil, Coase, and Trey Scott. Yeah, I mean, they left on on even worse notes, I would argue, because they didn't get to play in the postseason. However, they did get their senior day uh, in Fifth Third Arena. Um, I, I personally am really excited because I'm actually really excited about this freshman class. Uh, I think the depth on this Cincinnati team is is actually really good. I mean, you can put so many options as your starting five and your combinations in the depth chart because you have players that can play multiple positions. Yeah. Do you do you have the um, do you have the depth chart pulled up or the the roster? There isn't. So we have the roster here. I mean, obviously, David the Julius transfer from Michigan. He's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think he. Mike Saunders. I'm. I'm honestly the most excited about seeing what he can do. Frankly, really excited about him. I love Mamadou. How can you not? And Tari. Tari Eason. I mean. Talk about a dominant forward. Mike Adams went to the solid first season. Jeremiah Davenport can bring some energy off the bench. Rapless Ivanowski is the transfer from Colgate. That'll be interesting to see. Um, the Madsen twins, that'll be interesting. I think I think my favorite player is Micah Adams-Woods. And I know I said it was Mamadou Diar a few days ago. But I think Mamadou Diar is my favorite character on the team. Because when Mamadou shoots a three, it's the biggest deal in the world. Because he normally makes them and it's hilarious. But it's amazing because, like, the dude rarely misses. And it's just fun to see Mamadou shoot a three. I mean, it's like Kyle, it's almost like Kyle Washington shooting a three. You know what I mean? It just kind of has, yeah. it has a slightly more exciting feeling behind it. But um, I think, yeah, I think he is my favorite character. But I think my favorite presence on the basketball court is actually Jeremiah Davenport. I think he brings, like, the. Like the hype to the team, you know. I mean, I think about yeah. that dunk against Memphis last year. I was just gonna say that that dunk was the energizer in that game because the the Bearcats were like they were sleepwalking through that. He got fired up on defense too. I mean, he was ready to go. Uh, I remember that. I mean, let's 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 go ahead and let's just give our starting five. And like you, you can't you can't say this person or this person. Give me the five people that are going to start the first game. David DeJulius, Keith Williams, Rappos Ivanauskas, 
Mamadou Diora. And... Oh, man. Zach Harvey. Zach Harvey, really? Okay. That might, I, I'm not so confident on that fifth pick. Okay, here's my starting five. Give me Micah. Give me Keith. I think I'm going to go David the Julius here. Let me, let me, let me go back there. How about Micah? That's if you want to go small. I, I, I'm definitely going with Micah. I think I'll go with David the Julius. And then I think in the middle, you're definitely going to go Mamadou. And I think it's going to be between Ivanauskas and Chris Vogt. But, oh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think from, from what my top, what my starting five would be. I would put Ivanauskas in. But I think John Brand's actually going to put Chris Vogt. I think he's going to put Chris Vogt because he's no. played with Chris Vogt yeah, for years I, now. What, yeah, but he's so limited, I feel like. I understand, and I agree. But just knowing John Brannon, I wouldn't be shocked if he played Chris Vogt or Ivan Auskas. I, I, I would honestly think that he would favor Chris Vogt just a little bit. I mean, this is what we do. I mean, you can project the starting lineups, but until we see what it looks like, you, never, be, you, don't, you just don't know. First game, still kind of... Not really sure what know. it is. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, it will be interesting to see. It'll be in some kind of bubble, as far as we know. Well, either that, or I mean, or it'll be conference play. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be out of. I think we could have an out of conference bubble potentially. Maybe I don't know. I just don't like the idea of bubbles for college kids. I mean, mental health. Well, okay. Is, is I don't mean like I don't mean like a bubble, thing. but I mean like a tournament bubble, sort of like. They stay in a city for like a few days. Yeah, but I, I read something today that there's a tournament in Louisville where all the teams are going to stay in the hotel adjacent to the KMC, KFC Yum Center and that they're not even allowed to leave the hotel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it is with football right now. That's that's pretty... Like, you can't leave the hotel unless you are told to. Yeah, that goes but for everybody. at the pro level, that's fine. I mean, speaking of uh, the pro level... Uh, you, you you did give me permission to mention this. Yes, you may go ahead and mention the. Uh, so and uh, you confessed to me on on Sunday after the game that you were wrong and the Bengals uh defeated the Tennessee Titans thirty one to twenty win number two of the year two five and one is their record heading into their bye week this week. Joe Burrow was once again fantastic on Sunday twenty six of thirty seven for two forty nine and two touchdowns, and that's with four backups starting on the offensive line yeah i mean i didn't watch a single minute of the game i won't i'll be honest with you i watched the highlights but even looking at the highlights the team looked like they played pretty well i mean they came to play giovanni bernard seemed like he had one heck of a game even 15 carries 62 yards and a touchdown also had a receiving touchdown i mean even saman jp ryan played pretty well yes he did touchdown as well for him um I mean, I couldn't tell you who else, but Burrow Auden obviously Tate. had one heck of a game. As Auden Tate, seven catches, 65. T. Higgins made two great catches. I remember. I think I saw those, yeah. Well, one of them made the Sports Center top 10. Oh, Toe tapping catch on the sidelines. Really? On the first possession. Yeah, you're seeing with the Bengals, this receiving core is, I think, one of the most underrated. I think maybe the most underrated receiving core in the league. You think about, Justin said this yesterday, or our, our Monday on our Bengals show, if A.J. Green's your fourth best wide receiver, that's pretty good. That's how, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, really. Tyler Boyd, another day for him at the office. He had a touchdown on the afternoon. Uh, but what about Sample? Drew Sample. He didn't. I mean, he didn't have a great game numbers wise, but I, I still think there's there's some value with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's definitely had a better second season because he's had more opportunities with the injury to C.J. Uzama. 
But you're seeing, and the defense too. Yeah, they gave up 112 rushing yards to Derrick Henry. Yeah, they let Ryan Tannehill throw, you know, incomplete eight passes for 120 yards to Corey Davis. But at the end of the day, when you force a turnover uh, to start the game with the Jesse Bates interception, you get a sack on Ryan Tannehill. There was pressure constantly. There was pressure throughout the game from the defensive line. It was a really solid bend, don't break defensive performance. They let the Titans, you know, they accrue some yardage and garbage time when they needed, or not garbage time, when they needed to answer to get back to within two scores. That's fine. You still made plays when you needed to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to take back everything I say about the Bengals because they're still, they still have a lot of work to do as a team. Um, but nonetheless, I'm not going to take it away from them. They had a great win. This past yeah, weekend. you beat a team that played in the AFC Championship game last year and is and is still, I think, a really good team, even though they've lost their last two games. Yeah, I mean, you've said before that like Tennessee doesn't have the greatest defense in the league. Seven sacks in seven games. Yeah, they're not playing hot it's this not year good. on defense. But offense... Oh, God. You listen, there was a fan next to me at the game on Sunday who was just talking crap about the Titans. Titan, <laughs> a Titans fan talking crap about his own team. Really? That's kind of Cincinnati fans every they week. They don't have a defense. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think the Cincinnati Bengals should be happy with a win like that. But I think at the same time, you can. I mean, look, you can take all that momentum and you can focus it. I mean, it's a bye week, but you can take that into this week and even the next, and you can bring a bit of an attitude against the Steelers uh, when that game comes up. That's something we need because every time we play the Steelers, what happens? They always have more swagger than us. Yeah, they do. I they mean, come ready to they they, they want to beat us so badly every game, and that's even when they're like when they have five more wins than us. That's even when heck if they had five less wins than us, they would still be the same. Oh, totally, way. they would. I um, mean, that's that's just the rivalry, though. That's just correct. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in general. Speaking of which, um, another Cincinnati sports news: Trevor Bauer has declined. Uh, the Reds qualifying offer of, I believe, it was $18.1 million. He has declined the offer, which allows him to speak to other teams in free agency, but he still is open to discussing a return to the Reds. I mean, do you think, do you see him staying? I, it's hard for me to say because, yeah, he's going to go where the money is, but he loves it here in Cincinnati, so it's just, it's just going to be a matter of what he's going to value more. Does he, does he command money or does he command, you Wins. know? Or what? Wins. Exactly. I mean, well, he, he wants to win. I don't know if you'll get him here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, what if, what he's, if he's? I if I had a, if I was a betting man, I'd say no. I don't you know, honestly, say. I I'm not confident in either. Um, no, just the fact that he that he denied the offer. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to go our way. Um, I mean, obviously, if he leaves, best of luck to Trevor Bauer. I mean, it's one while it lasted. No, absolutely. Um, great to have him here in Cincy. I mean, he will be missed. That dude was that month. That month of September, and then the playoff start that he had, it was just something else. Yeah, it really was. It was. It was really sad to see him. It was exhilarating to see him lose the. You know the way that we lost the season that we that we did to not score a single run. Yeah, um, I know. Just really, really kind of crappy. I mean, if yeah. you couldn't even win one game for him in the playoffs, if he leaves, if it leaves for another team, I don't blame him. Frankly, I really right. don't. Other news, uh, St. X going to the state semifinals. A nail-biter win over Lakota West last week, 10-7. Oh, you know what? I should I should pull that up. I, I Thank we, you for... We only have eight and a half minutes, and we got to go through that and college football coming up this week. Oh, yeah, we do. I, I totally forgot about all this stuff. Um, well, that's just that's just because we started talking about Bearcats basketball, which I guess is okay. We'll pull up this super, super quickly, and when we get to college, I will only talk the important games that you need to know. Division one. 
So not any of the Maction games tonight? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So Mentor is going to the state semifinal. I don't know why it's showing me this regional. Maybe you should pull up like the state and regional, like the Sweet 16, if you can find that. Ah, here it is. It's right here. Okay. So here's Okay, the... so Mentor is taking on Pick Central. Give me Pick. It's a great game. And then St. X is taking on Springfield. Ooh. That will be a really good game. Oh, that's a gr- that's Cincinnati. That's the top team from Cincinnati, top team from Dayton. You can't get much better than that. Give me... And then the top team from Columbus is taking on... Where Mentor. are those games being played? Uh, New Philadelphia football field Never. for the Mentor Pickerington Central game. Don't I, I don't know what what that is or where that is. And then Piqua High School, which I've definitely heard of before for the Cenex Springfield game. Give me the Bombers over Springfield and give me Pick Central over I know Mentor. you don't like Cenex, but it would be cool. It would be nice to see a Cincinnati team win a state title. I personally, look, I, yes, I do not like, I do not like Cenex. I do not like Muller. I do not like LaSalle, especially LaSalle. But, I frankly want them to win state titles. I do. Because then that just makes our conference look even harder. Because it really is one of the toughest high school conferences in the country. And people know that. It's the toughest in the state. without In the tri-state. For yeah. sure. But in the country, it, it's definitely like top five. Alright. Moving on to college football. Moving on to college football here. I mean, there, I mean there's two top ten matchups this week. Yeah, let's let's go to the full scoreboard here for week ten. We will only talk about the top twenty-five. So Miami, number eleven, Miami will travel to NC State. Give me the Hurricanes in that game. That's an important game. Miami, despite that loss to Clemson, they've kind of been flying under the radar recently, but they're still right there. A top twenty-five matchup out in Boise, Idaho, between Boise State and BYU. Oh Lord, that's going to be a battle in the I'll trenches. I'll take Boise State. This these games are are Friday, by the way. Not Saturday. I will also take Boise State to win. Did you say Boise State? I did. Okay, I just want to make sure. I will also take Boise State to win on the blue turf over BYU. Um, Of course, Houston and Cincinnati. Number 23, Michigan takes on number 13, Indiana in Bloomington. I'll take Indiana. That's a a bad loss for Michigan against Michigan State. I'm sorry. Maybe Michigan State's a better team than we're giving them a little bit. Maybe they are, but I also know this. Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in the country. And I'm sorry. No, I agree. I I 100% agree. I frankly will also take Indiana. Uh, Number 18, Temple is traveling to Philadelphia to take on 1-3 Temple. Give me SMU there. Uh, you say number 18 Temple's going to take on Temple, but I know... Number 18 SMU, I'll sorry, take SMU in that game. ...is traveling to Temple. Uh, Arizona State's traveling to LA to take on number 20 USC. I'm going upset there. Give me the Sun Devils. Oh, interesting. I will. You know what? I'll, I'll hop on the upset train there. USC is the most overrated program in college football. Yeah, fair. Uh, number 22 Texas is playing at home this weekend against West Virginia. Um, give me Texas. Give me... Oof, man, I don't know. Give me West Virginia, actually. Right. I'll take West Virginia. Number 25, Liberty plays Virginia Tech. Well, short-lived top 25. Give me Bob Oof, Tech. Yeah. I don't see it going a W for Liberty. I would be happy if Liberty won, though. But give me Virginia Tech. I would, Tech. yeah. 16, Marshall at home in Huntington taking on UMass. Give me Marshall. They're 5-0. and They're going to keep it that way. Ooh, Florida, Georgia this weekend in Jacksonville at 3.30 on CBS. Number 8, Florida. Number 5, Georgia. I'm going Georgia. Man, I don't know. 
Give me the Gators. Give me the Gators. Kansas travels to Norman to take on number 18, Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma. Oklahoma State traveling to Kansas State. Uh, give me Oklahoma State there. Number seven, Texas A&M taking on South Carolina. Ooh, that could be a trap game, but give me A&M. I'll, get, I'll take A&M. Uh, Baylor's traveling to Ames to take on Iowa State. Number 17, Iowa State. Give me Iowa State there. Same. Clemson is taking on Notre Dame. Remember, everybody, we are Clemson fans this weekend. Yes, we are. Give well, me, I am every week. Give me Clemson in this game. I'm taking Clemson 31-28. Oh, but it's in Notre Dame. That might be... Yeah, it's not a full crowd, but it's Notre still. Dame has not lost a home game since September 9th, 2017 against Georgia. I remember that game. Uh, number three, Ohio State taking on Rutgers. God, give me Ohio State. Are you kidding me? Number 12, Oregon playing their first game against Stanford. Also their first game in Eugene. Give me Oregon. Yep. Coastal Carolina undefeated still at number 15. Give me Coastal to, take on, to beat South Alabama. Uh, and then last but not least, number 10, Purdue taking on, or I'm sorry, number 10, Wisconsin rather, taking on 2-0 and Purdue. That's a cancellation. That is a cancellation. My bad. I didn't catch that. Who would you take in that game? Wisconsin. You think so? Easy. Okay. I, I, I could see it being an upset for Purdue. But, All right. Um, we hit on everything that we needed to. believe we have. So everyone, thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in this weekend for Cincinnati versus Houston, 3.30 on ABC. Also, we will be on at 3 o'clock on BearCastMedia.com. Thanks, everybody. Go Cats.